Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to another exciting episode of Between the Lines. I'm your host IBK. Today we are having our first full interview. And who and who are we having it with? Coach Shola, the academy coach of um, Sporting Lagos. Together it's I, your host IBK and Ramsey. We're going to be having a very interactive session. We're going to be going... <laughs> Coach Shola is going to be giving us a lot of nuggets, and I'm so it's a long time coming. I'm so happy that he's here to here with us. But before we start, I want to shout out to one of my colleagues on between the lines. Um, he just became a father for Lou, so it's a big round of applause from between the lines to um for Lou. I hope he joins us very soon, as you know he, he became a father to a bouncing baby girl. So congratulations to him. So, um, let, congratulations, Felu. Let... Congratulations, congratulations. I hope your daughter does not support Liverpool. I hope she supports us. <laughs> congratulations, my brother. Oh, all right, all right. So, Coach Shola, what's up? Let's start with you. Uh, good evening, guys. Uh, really humbled and excited to be on. Uh, thank you for having me. All right, all right. So, um. Let's so I'm going to I'm taking let, let let me take you way back because when I was doing some research about you know today's interview, you know, there was one thing both of us had in common, and that was we both worked at Click Sports Academy. And Click Sports was where we met Coach Olumide. But me, I've been an avid sports, especially football fan and stuff. And then I met you on you know on that WhatsApp group and just take us through um your journey to becoming the sports, um, the, becoming the academy um, head coach of Sporting Lagos? Uh, so, Olumide is a, very, is a very good friend and not just a friend, it's a mentor. To some extent, he's also a father and I think he's been part of the journeys of so, so, so many young coaches. So, that's a positive one that we've both been beneficiaries of Coach Olumide and his generosity and his willingness to share from himself. Uh, my journey into coaching started largely with him. I met him at the National Institute for Sports in Surulere, Lagos. And I was about to start a course there, the advanced certificate in football coaching. So I met him prior to starting. I was opportune to join him as his assistant coach at Click Sports Academy, basically. Uh, so I was doing that alongside studying at the Institute for Sports. And I did that for two, two and a half years, going on three years thereabouts. And at some point working there, the Barcelona Academy came into, into Nigeria. So I moved on from Click Sports Academy to the Barcelona Academy in Surulere in Lagos. And I was there for a few years, about four years as well, after that, I had a short stint at the H. Roma Academy in Abuja. From there, I went on to Bright Stars Youth Football Club in Lagos. From there to Miss Palace Football Academy in Jos. 
I'm from Miss Palace Football Academy. I am here now in Sporting Lagos Academy. So that's a short trip down memory lane, basically. Okay. Um. Um. Before Before I bring Ramsey on in this conversation, um, let me just ask you because I just want to ask you why football. It's a difficult question to answer. I can't tell you why. The answer is just football. I mean, uh, I love the game. I'm very passionate about the game. And yeah, it made sense for me to just pursue what I was passionate about. And I would also say I'm equally passionate about teaching. Uh, so, yeah, it's basically my love for the game, my love for teaching combined is what has led me down this path, basically. Let me move to one of the questions that, you know, that I, I was, you know, in the research based on, you know, trying to get this interview up and running, I saw that um, there are so many factors in handling young players in in football. So I want to ask you, like in Nigeria, you know, we don't have the right structure. We don't have the right system. Um, but how do you scout for players as as a head coach of an academy? Because even Click Sports Academy was just an academy. You know, how do you scout? It's not just about teaching these players how to hold the ball, you know, control, you know, head on the swivel, how to, you know, different things or tactical or technical part of it. But how do you, um, how do you scout for players, you know, as as a as a head coach of or as a coach of an academy and you've been in different places, different parts of Nigeria? I'm going to be brutally honest here. I don't think I have a process I would describe as optimal. And the reason is simple. It's not ideal that coaches scout for players. That's the job of an actual scout. But because we don't yet have a hmm. properly functional football ecosystem, that's a gap that a lot of coaches or academies or clubs have what I would call stopgap processes or protocols, but I don't think those processes and protocols are optimal or ideal. Scouting is is a key competency or a key a core field on its own. And I think effective and efficient scouting requires properly trained scouts. As a coach, you might have some ideas which we try to use, uh, but I don't think it's fully optimal. Now, as for what the current processes are, is largely centered around three or four areas. One is to scout tournaments. So if you are a youth football coach who is interested in getting talent, you want to follow and scout tournaments across different age grades in youth soccer, basically. 
so if you hear there's a good tournament here, you want to find a way to scout that either in person or by proxy. You want to do that. Uh, two would be the popular open tryouts that we do. Not the most efficient, not the most effective, but an option in the absence of not so many better options. Uh, third one would be by recommendations of trusted colleagues, basically. Uh, so if you have coach colleagues where you trust their opinion and they suggest to you that, oh, I saw XYZ player and they, re they look really talented, I think you should give him a trial, then that would be one avenue of also identifying or finding really, really talented players. Oh, and oh. the fourth one would be observing players in the opposition teams that you are competing against, basically. So those are four methods that I think largely most of the scouting in youth football in Nigeria falls within one of those four brackets. But like I said earlier, I personally do not believe it's the most optimal way to scout and identify talent. So you're, so what you're saying is that with even all these methods, a lot of top players, decent players, good players will fall through the cracks because they were not scouted. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, a lot of them will fall through the cracks. A lot of them would probably be right under your nose, but you wouldn't be able to decipher it. And the reason is because... Uh, Talent is it's mysterious, it's sketchy, it's very difficult to define. And there's a lot of factors that influence a lot of things. So let me give one example. Uh, if you do an open screening for players, you would probably miss footballers that are shy, and introverted, and that probably takes some time to blossom in a new environment. Hmm. So it's not necessarily a lack of talent. It's just a personality trait that the person needs to first be comfortable in their new environment before they flourish and they blossom as the players that they are. Now, those kind of players might attend 20 different open screenings and the coaches might not see them, not because they don't have the talent, but because their personality kind of hinders them from being noticed in such an environment. And for some of the other ones, you might be looking at a player during their purple patch or during their best form. Their best form is not the best reflection of the talent that they are. And you might be comparing player A on his best form versus player B on his worst form. And maybe player A on his best form scores a 7 over 10, and player B on his worst form is scoring a 6 over 10. And then player B's best form is him at a 9 over 10. So that's something where if you are watching them in a singular game, it will be difficult to evaluate that properly. That's why you need full-time dedicated scouts expertly trained doing your scouting. 
because the top guys understand that seeing a player once or twice is not a sufficient or effective manner. You have to observe them over time so that you can establish proper base for your final judgments. And you are not caught by purple patches or flashes in the pan or players that are just accidentally in great form or the opposite, players that are incidentally not in so much of a great form. Mm, uh, that, that's, that's quite enlightening. Okay, so coach, I would like to ask, uh, in this journey of being a coach to being a sporting director, what does that journey look like? Uh, what is the process? How long does it take? Um, just tell me about the journey of being a coach to being a sporting director. I'm particularly interested because of what is happening at uh, Manchester United. I, I know they were like, I've come again. Like, how can a coach evolve into a sporting director or into um, a director of football? I'm, I'm sure you understand what I mean. That journey, what do you need? What does it take for you to move from being a random coach to being someone that is a football man? All round, grounded, rounded football man. Um, I'm not even sure if I can confidently say this is how I, I, I believe I'm blessed to be where I am. Uh, I'm blessed for some of the experiences that I've had. Uh, I think underpinning the coach's job is technical competence and leadership of a group of players and management both at technical crew level and also dealing upstairs. A lot of these skills are things that also translate into the sporting director's role or an academy director role. Um, I think some parts of it also, the personality of the person is important. Some people are very crazy about the training ground and they cannot really function outside of that training ground environment. For some, they can function both in and out. The sporting director role probably has more to do with long-term strategic vision and planning, long-term maybe management and leadership at a slightly higher scale, mostly at executive level. For the coach, it's management and leadership of the team, of the group of players. For the academy director, the sporting director, it's more at the level of the entire staff of a club or an academy. And maybe to a lesser extent than the coach, the playing group as well. So it requires a different type of leadership and management, slightly different type, uh, a bit more in terms of thinking strategy and then also a little bit more in terms of resource control and allocation. So uh, I would think there's, if there's a Venn diagram between both roles, there's a very huge intersection between both roles uh with just minor differences so it's more or less a personality thing if you are willing to forego the training ground work 
For some, maybe they can. For some, maybe they can't. For some, they can for a short period of time. Uh, they each to go back to the training ground. So it's basically going to be unique to different individuals. All right. Um, let, let, asking asking with relation to this kind of conversation that we are talking about, sporting director, head coach, this. Um, I'm going to use a, a very good example, and I'm sure you followed his life too. You know, in a in in a Nigerian doing big things. Now he's the Saudi head of football, the Saudi league head of football, Michael Emenalo, and he looks like somebody that is more of the holistic kind of person. What do you think that we have enough of those kind of people, you know, in Nigeria? And do you think that that would help us in in playing, um, incorporating our style of football with a more organized way of playing football? Do you think that that would help us as as a people? Someone like a Michael Emenalo that has the experience both in Europe and around the world because of his contact level the kind of quality of, you know, competitions he has won as sporting director, that kind of thing. Do you think that we have that enough of that or do we have in that kind of thing right here in Nigeria, which would help us with our style of flair of football together with winning football, you know, the professional game? Emmanuel uh, is... It's an example, is an example for the rest of us that competence can competence and excellence can get you into places that are difficult to get into. Uh, given there's not many blacks in a similar role or that have done a similar job at the levels he has been able to work at and it continues to work at. The impact of having people like that in the Nigerian industry would be it would be enormous. It would be gigantic. As to if we have such people now, I don't think we readily do have a good number of them. Uh, but I believe we have those with the talent for it. I believe we have those with the ideas for it. Now, what I think we are lacking is opportunities to train those people. It's one thing to have the talent. It's one thing to have the ideas. The proper education now equips individuals with the tools that they need to succeed in the marketplace. So it's like almost any profession or anything, anybody, you have a deep passion, you have a deep interest. You might also have a good talent in such a field, but you now need to put that through the proper education. For footballers, for lawyers, for medical doctors, you have to put that through the proper education. And that's the bit that I think is missing, that there's no relevant education for people like that to then come into the industry to deliver the kind of service and consequently impact that that kind of skill set of strategic and executive football leadership can provide to the Nigerian football industry. 
Awesome. Awesome, really. Uh, okay, so let's talk about sports in Lagos for a moment, shall we? Uh, okay, so what exactly, what, what makes sports in Lagos that attractive setup for everyone to want to be a part of? As I speak right now, I'm a very big fan of sports in Lagos right now. I feel I'm number one fan. I, I try to get to the stadium to watch their games. Uh, I'm, I'm a very strong shooting star sports club fan. But right now, I live in Lagos. I work in Lagos. And Lagos is working for me. Then that means Sports in Lagos should be working for me. So what exactly do you think makes this club so attractive to all of us, first ones who associate with the club? And then we're even looking for the jersey of the club to buy. So what's, could you please walk us through that structure that you've put in place and that process of getting that club to being um, an amateur side to a side that can actually compete in the Nigerian Professional League? Uh, well, first and foremost, I won't say I put in place because I haven't been here for for that long. Uh, I am fortunate to come into an environment that I believe is characterized with a huge, a really huge vision. Not just big in terms of its potential impact, but also big in terms of its transformative impact. So, uh, for example. You talked about jerseys that fans want to buy. Part of the reason fans want to buy the jerseys is because the jerseys are available for sale. It's that simple. And that they, the avenues through which can, fans can get the jerseys are not that difficult to find. Across all sporting legal social platforms, you can find how to buy online and the jerseys can be delivered to you in 24 hours. So those are the kind of things that underpinned my own personal decision to join the organization. It's a forward-thinking organization that looks to not just want to be a part of the football space, but that wants to have a transformative impact on the football space. In two seasons of existence, which is cumulatively less than two years, the team is, has spent two years in the second division of the Nigerian football pyramid. And they are already in the MPFL. And there are certain things that you can already tell characterize the club. And these things are not uh, happenstance. They are deliberate design that have been put to work by the leadership of the club. And some of these things are starting to bear fruit gradually. So, for example, we have the fans, you, the energy in the stadium for such a small and young club, the vibrancy of its fans to support the team in their games. The fan base is massively growing. I saw a data recently published of all the MPFL teams that we participate in this year, Sporting Lagos has the sixth or seventh highest number of followers on Twitter. And there's similar trends across other social media platforms. It's because there's proper vision in place and then there's a top quality staff that is driving this vision and trying to bring it to life. So from the organization perspective, it's a really good place to want to work in, to also, for me as an individual, 
try to contribute my own quota to building a club that can one be successful on the pitch, two be successful commercially, and three that can also then go on to become a model for other clubs and academies across the entire country. All right. Um. Let me let me ask you this question real quick. Um. You know, with with um young players, they come very expectant. Um. Parents. Oh my. My child is the best player since sliced bread. This, 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 this. And when you're, you know, when you're bringing, um, you've said at the beginning, you said there are different ways to get players, to scout players. And if some players come through, maybe they're rich parents or somebody who recommended, and then you've, you've gotten this like overbearing parents. You've been in a couple of academies. How do you, what's your conflict resolution method of handling such situations? Um, some parts are on the coach, but largely it's on the academy itself to provide the right structure and environment. And I've been lucky to function in academies where we've had that protection, basically, where the club puts certain protocols in place to handle this situation that you've basically raised. Uh, if I would give practical examples, the academy should set rules for how and where certain communications can be done and to whom certain communications can be done. If you work in an academy that has a technical director, for example, then, in one of my previous workplaces, parents were not allowed to approach coaches, basically. You had to speak to the technical director, and then the technical director would interface between the parent and the coach. Well, basically, if you have a philosophy that drives what you are doing in the academy, you have to put that early on to the parents. So it's not something that they discover along the line. No, it's something they discover right at the point of bringing their words or their children to the academy. So if you, a parent comes to the academy and before their child is allowed in, the academy provides, one, a player code of conduct to the parent, two, a parent code of conduct, three, a document also outlining the academy's philosophy, the academy's methods, and so on to the parents. So, for example, the academy says, if your child is a young player between the ages of 5 to 14, our academy vision of philosophy is that they do not have a playing position. And as such, because we are looking for the complete and holistic development of the young player, we are going to play them in all positions, as strikers, as midfielders, as defenders, as goalkeepers, as the technical department deems fit. When the parent is aware of this information and still chooses to sign their child up into such an academy, then... One, it's hard for them in the future to come to say, 
why is my kid playing center back? My son is a striker. My daughter is a midfielder. I want her to play only in midfield. Or my son is a striker. I want him to play only as striker. You can easily point them back to the philosophy that you shared with them, which they signed and agreed to before registering their players into the academy. So the summary basically is that by creating this kind of protocols, the academy spills itself future troubles by outlining its philosophy, outlining its methods to the parents at the point of the parents coming on. If they choose to then come on, they are responsible for one thing and one thing alone, holding the academy to the standards that they have set in those policy documents. Anything outside of that, the parents are no longer entitled to. Wow, 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 wow. wow. Well, I like it a lot. <laughs> it's I don't so want to see <laughs> I like it. It's, it's not an easy job. All right, so in the midst of all this, Coach, in the midst of all the things that you've explained, things that you really uh, have to go through from time to time, and then I remember during the MPFL Super 8 uh, that we won, that, that tournament that we won, I look at how I'm saying we because I'm a big fan of Sporting Lagos now, so I get used to that. So I look at all that stress going through uh, pre-tournaments, qualifiers, going through uh, group stage, going through knockout phases, training, uh, traveling up and down the country. Uh, even when continental football starts very soon, I'm very sure it's going to start within the next one year. We're going to be uh, on the continent. How do you manage stress? How do you cope with uh, that break time in between matches, probably out, away from training, totally away from football? How do you manage your life outside football? How do you manage stress? I'm interested. Well, uh, for the first thing, credit credit must go to to the leadership of the of the first team uh, that the head coach uh, Paul Ofo. I think he has coming and he has done an excellent job preparing the team for the NNL and for the playoffs for the NNL and the Super 8 as well. As to their specific methods, I can't really say, uh, but I believe from watching the team play, it's it's clear to anybody that there's excellent work that is being put in for such a young group of players uh, to be able to deal with all of that. I can only theorize, basically, uh, and say it's about creating a high-performance environment and culture within the team. Uh, different individuals as players, different individuals as the technical crew, as the coaches, the assistant coaches, different individuals in and within the operational staff, the team managers, the physios, the medical doctors, and the individuals as well in the leadership and executive positions of the club, basically committing to the same vision. And for the team, the vision was to fight for promotion into the MPFL. And because they are committed into it, the stress is easier to deal with because they are committed together. And they can basically feed off one another's, each other's positive energy people can strengthen one another because they feel like we are in this journey together basically 
on an individual level or in terms of your rehabilitative protocols, you can have some ideas to manage those things. So you want to have get-togethers with a group, which the club does. You want to have spa sessions. You want to have swimming sessions. You want to have proper recovery protocols in place, do massages when needed, uh, cryotherapy when needed, that's ice bath, uh, heat therapy when needed, and combining this tailored to the different individuals, basically, to manage the physical load, to manage the psycho-emotional stress as well, and to ensure that everybody is in an optimal mental and physical state to be able to All right, can you... okay. Are you guys are you guys still here? Can we still hear each other? Uh, I can, I hear, can you. hear you, but I think all right, all right. It's like internet is yes, is doing his own things. But um, Kuchala, thank you very much for taking time out of your busy schedule. You know, you're prepping for a new job, basically. So I'm sure you're still trying to get your feet under the table. But thank you very much for taking your time out. To just give us a little insight into who you are, what's what your role is at um, Sporting Lagos, and we wish to have some great success in your academy. Like I said, um, it's exciting to know that um, you are the one, you're part of a group, a part of a club, a young club, developing and bringing the next generation of Victor Simmons and, you know, what have you into into the football space. But um, before we go, I want to just say that um, when I was um, checking you guys out, I, I, I saw a player that I knew from um, Click Sports. I don't know whether you met him there that is in your team now. Isaac, he's a fullback. He could use two legs very well. I don't know whether you met him when you were in Click Sports as well. Yeah, I did. I think I spent probably throughout my time at Click Sports, Isaac was one of our like, One of our bright talents, yeah. yes, incredible football brain. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy he's flourishing with the senior team. Yeah, uh, and yeah, it's for us a success. So, something we can be happy about, basically. Oh, or oh, all right. So, please, um, coach, before we, you know, as we're rounding up, please, where can where can people interact with you? What's your What's your um what's your social media handles? You can just say it out so that people can, you know, join you, <laughs> you know, as you interact with more fans. As a I'm not so active on social media. I think maybe just Twitter and even then I'm in and out. Uh but you can find me on Twitter at at underscore J O. So that's a D E G U N underscore J O. All right, all right, all right, all right. Thank you very much, Coach, for this time. Um, I hope that the the, the audience were going to glean a lot of information from it. Um, make sure you check us out on all podcast platforms. This is between the lines. Ramsey was here. Coach Shola, the academy coach of Sporting Lagos, is also here with us. It was a great interview. I'm your host, IBK. Thank you very much and uh, good night.